Welcome to Witham Sounding Board, a podcast sharing powerful business tips, insights, and trends for those seeking to become a rock star in their industry. Thank you everyone for joining us today on our Take Me to the Cloud podcast. We're going to change it around a little bit and talk about economic ideas as it relates to cost to serve, bringing in uh, items and understanding what the impact is of, of shipping on our items. So the concept really is how do we get products to our customers uh, and understanding what the impact overall is on our customers, our products and our costs. So today I'm joined by Christian DeRusso. Hi, Christian. How are you doing today? Doing well. How are you? Excellent. Thank you. Excellent. And what we're going to do today is talk a little bit. We're going to try and break down and unpack sort of the customers, products and costs and try to understand our customers and what they want from a service level and what their needs really are understanding sort of the products they want, the sizes of these products and the handling. Is it temperature? Is it fragile? Is there special packaging? And as we start to think through those products, how does that impact the costs and what are some of the ways and strategies we might do to analyze this? Hey, Christian, as you look at at sort of cost to serve, what do, what do you think cost to serve is? So um, to me, cost of service really an assessment of all the costs analyzed associated with the cost factors of the finished product, um, including how it arrives at the end customer. So it's really a form of uh, data-driven decision-making and analytics used to kind of show profitability of every product, service, process, and even employees in general. So with cost to serve, it's important to show how to pinpoint and where to actually pinpoint where you're making your money and where you're losing your money on specific products and whatnot. So the benefits there are really how it enables you to see which customers and products are that you should go after more in the future and focus on. First, which customers and products you should maybe raise their costs or raise their how much you're charging them or stop serving altogether. So, and surprisingly for most companies, that could be between either 20% to up to 40% of customers that are actually unprofitable. And even though you might not be able to tell that now without the analytics, it could be due to the scale in which that you're currently spreading costs, whether that be a um, larger customer absorbing more of the costs and kind of letting the smaller customer ride um, at a cost discount. Uh, when it comes to shipping them the products or creating and manufacturing those products. So armed with that information, you can really reprice your services accordingly and uh, invest in process improvements and optimization to reduce costs on the unprofitable services. So some basic examples of this are the size. Like when you when you think of shipping sizes, so if you're shipping a product that is small and rather light um, compared to a product that is big and light, it's, it's going to generally have different shipping costs, even though they both weigh about the same size. So products that are medium, let's say, but very heavy, that'll also have a different shipping cost. And all these will impact what your cost to serve will be for the specific product and the end cost of how it affects your profitability to your customer. Yeah, I like that. I like that a lot. I, You know, you know, as we, we do assessments with our customers, that 20 to 40% is astounding to me because, you know, as we start to think about moving product, uh, if, you, if you think of the, like health sciences and say, say a heart stent and it has to get to the hospital at a certain time, or if we think of just good old fashioned widgets that a homeowner might need, there's a different 
need an, an impact on that service level agreement at that customer. And, and I would think that had more to weigh into it, but really I think it's all of it. And I think from what I'm seeing and in, in hearing uh, from you and also seeing in, our, in the marketplace, when we go through and do these assessments, that is where we find the biggest impact is that people are blending in that, that, that amount or just foregoing it and not even including the inbound and outbound shipment and cost to serve that particular product. Uh, especially, you know, as we think of the pandemic and the need to move that vaccine around uh, in a temperature controlled environment, all of those things have a direct impact on the overall cost uh, as we structure through and move on. Um, as, as we go through and, and, and think about ways to do assessments, let's think about our customers now for a second, Christian, and let's think about some of the ways and methods that we, we use here at Witham to identify and analyze these costs. What I'm looking for is not, uh, not necessarily uh, any one individual. I want to keep it relatively generic as we go through. Let's think about some of those things and some of the categories that we bucket uh, information into. What are your thoughts there? Sure thing. So um, there's a couple different methods used for cost to serve. Overall, the most common is really the least complex, but it's a way to estimate the average cost uh, for each process and multiply that by the transaction volume. But ways that we see a lot of companies doing it today are really identifying target areas within their own company that they want to sort of implement the cost to serve and look further into it, whether that be a product or a specific uh, service line or branch, even region. So what they do to start is really gather all the information from as many departments as they can on that specific function or product segment. So whether that be from marketing, sales, or their logistic information, financial support, any, anything along those lines that they can use to piece together the holistic picture of the product or service, then they assess all of the costs based on that. So that's allocating it to the specific pro product or service. So whether that be a fixed cost of running the warehouse, which we can touch on further later, or the indirect cost, just really everything associated with that service line all the way from its manufacturing, its storage in the warehouse, delivery, planning, sourcing, the um, interaction with the customer, like marketing, anything like that, all the way until it's in the supply chain and gets to the customer. So once they really figure out their analysis of that, then they can help identify low and high cost to serve products. So that'll really help them focus in on what they, the products and services that they see as a low cost to serve. That generally means it would be more profitable and it's not necessarily bad if it's a high cost to serve. It just means that you might have to adjust, adjust your pricing strategy and consider how it is really in your product mix. So if you're only marketing products with high cost to serve, it might not be the most advantageous because You'd have to charge higher shipping costs, higher overall costs associated with that product. And from there, you can really analyze the impact and impact and implement your new strategy and kind of correct that as you go and keep going back and forth around the loop uh, for different products and services or even the same once you make the changes. Yeah, I like, I like that a lot as, as, as I start to think of the impacts that we see with our customers. So if we if we take this assessment framework that you just walked through and we start talking about, you know, again, break it down to the customer and the product profile. So customer location, what is their service requirement, which I alluded to before? 
What's the profile of that product look like? And I really like the way you broke it down between small and light, you know, even, you know, and large and light versus, you know, medium size and really heavy or small and heavy. So it's both weight and size that are generating costs and increased costs. The other thing is to think about when we start to think about the product itself is how is it packaged? What I find interesting here is can we package it up and put multiple in a single box and get it out? Or is it a single use, single container and throw away at the other end? And, you know, today, as we look at sustainable supply chain, thinking of these things is very important for your customers and actually might be a differentiator for you in the marketplace. And then just thinking through that a little bit more, my area where I tend to focus a lot of my time is largely inside of the warehouse and looking at main cost drivers in the warehouse as we go through and look at analysis. As you start to think of the warehouse, Christian, what are some of the areas that you think are, are necessary to focus on. So as some of our listeners are might be thinking, hey, let me just let me give me one saline example of what I, where this assessment might work. What do you see in the warehouse where where we might be able to help some of these listeners? Yeah, so there's multiple examples within the warehouse. You can analyze the labor costs, um, the cost of the overall space, equipment that that are being used. So whether that's something as simple as a forklift or something more complicated and that requires automation. And there's other things like maintenance, utilities, any customization or compliance services that you guys have to adhere to um, just to be uh, up to date with regulation. Yeah, like that a lot. You know, as we start to think about, you know, uh, each of those areas in the warehouse, if we just bring it good from receipt to fulfillment, so item receipt, so never mind the supply chain part, just think about I've now received the good and I'm going to bring it from good. So I receive it. How big of an area do I need to receive it in? Am I receiving it in cartons and pallets? What kind of equipment do I need to receive it? How many people do I need to receive it? So if we back up a transport and we need forklifts and multiple people, is can I not use forklifts and automate things? Can I use conveyor belts and roll things off the truck? How, how much labor and fixed cost am I going to do there? What I find I spend a lot of time with executives on is what are the KPIs that we should focus on? What are the number of lines, the number of SKUs we need? How many cubic meters are we going to need in an area? And then try to break that those costs down to something that's relevant, something we can measure as we go through that assessment, and then also factor in the cost of that warehouse as we do our, our warehouse type assessments. That's really on the item receipt. On the put away side, again, it comes down to labor. How are we doing it? Are there fixed costs? Do we have conveyor belts here? Can we use drones? Can we use computer-assisted sensors, uh, temperature gauges, all these fixed assets that are there and technology that will help us on the put-away side? How can we use these things? Again, when I'm doing the assessments, I'm really focusing on the KPIs, by line, by skew. how much did it cost? Is it a transactional base? All those things become very important as we think about both the item receipt and the put-away. As we start to think about storage, how long is it going to sit on the shelf? How long did we turn? Those are traditional metrics that most warehouses are tracking. But on the on the storage side, is there, do we have to turn the inventory? Do we have to touch the inventory while it sits on the shelf? Or does it literally just sit there in, in perpetuity till it's sold? So there's all sorts of things we need to think about. Storage for me, typically on the KPI side, comes to size of product. The bigger the size of that product, the higher the cost is as it sits in that warehouse, as it's consuming more space and things like that. Again, impact on 
uh, temperature or sensors or, or humidity control, if we think of art or things like that, that, that require some of these other, other uh, environment controls. And then the last thing is once we sell it, so now we've, we've received it, we put it away, we stored it on a shelf for a while, and now we sell it out the door. Now we have to pick it, we have to pack it, we have to ship it. And all of the same things hold true. How much labor did it take to pick? Can, is, am I picking in onesies, twosies? How am I selling versus how am I stocking? What is the level of effort? And so as you start to think of picking, working through and, and, and developing pick paths that are essential to the overall cost of that warehouse. And so as I think of, of sort of using that analysis, that analysis is used to gather the information like you alluded to before. Then once we gather that information, we break it down into the minor sub-processes within that environment. I think that's the key. We, hear, we like to affectionately call it customer journey. I use that term often, although it's a marketing term. In this case, we would bring a piece of inventory and we would drag it all the way through the warehouse from entry to out. And that that's what we would call the customer journey. And what we're really trying to do is look at the interactions and minimize the interactions every time we touch, move, control, anything along them items so that we can optimize our overall cost structure and, and report on those things. So as I, as I walk away from that, you know, that's sort of how I see these assessments going as I hand it back to you to, to close us out here, Christian. Yep, and I completely agree, some great points there. If there's one thing to remember, it would be at the end of the day, you just won't know your customer's value to the business without truly understanding their cost to serve of said customer. And if you don't understand their value to your business, you'll miss out on the key opportunities for innovation, operational efficiencies, segmentation, and even pricing shifts that can help you improve your overall profitability. Yeah, I really like that. And if I can add, you know, this is a real good focus on where cloud software tools, AI, machine learning, and other forms of analytics can help you optimize your cost to serve strategies. It's really important to take the time and think about it. Thank you very much for joining our session today. And we look forward to uh, many more of these Take Me to the Cloud series. If you're interested in uh, looking for them, they're online and on our withem.com website. Thank you very much. Thanks for joining us. Be sure to subscribe to our podcast so you'll be first in line to hear what's coming next. Don't want to wait for our next episode? Check us out at witham.com. That's W-I-T-H-U-M.com.